You're listening to the K-Pop Cast. I'm your K-Pop host, Stephanie, joined by resident K-Pop B-Boy, Supermatic. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you're being good out there. As well, we have our K-Pop DJ in the house, Peter Lowe. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We also have our special guest for this episode, Rodri Thomas. Hey, everybody. Host of the K-Pop show and also a great musician who I think brings a lot of musical expertise for this week's episode in particular. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, I guess. Welcome to the show. So today, we are all going to find out whether JJ Project's Tomorrow Today is debak or not. But first, let's take a look at our hit replays. So what's making you hit replay this week, Supermatic? Uh, you know, unexpectedly, I ended up choosing Monster X's Newton. It's a simple and melodic pop song from normally a not-so-poppy group, you know, but it, yet it fits right into the mold of these upbeat summer singles that we've been hearing so far this year, and especially this season. It's something fun and different from what you would expect from Monster X, and I think because of how simple it is, it could hold up very well in the long run. So definitely highly recommend that. Give it a listen if you haven't already. That was really close to becoming our Daybok or not of this week. It was a delicate but emotionally fun single to listen to. And just the fan reaction made us choose JJ Project instead. Yeah, I mean, I like the song too. Um, but it's such a huge departure from what we're used to seeing from Monsta X. I oh, mean, yeah. maybe this time the the fans kind of turned away and we're, we're not liking the the new sound but but i did i couldn't help but think when i listened to it like don't k-pop groups usually get a month off or something after they release a repackaged album didn't newton come after all of that just like within a month yeah they just like threw it in <laughs> like hey here's another hit <laughs> good point it's just that hard working yep. <laughs> i guess so no days off <laughs> yeah days off or not <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, so how about DJ P. Low? What's making you hit replay? So this is really unusual for me, but I actually picked Astros again. What made me listen to this song to begin with was watching So Anyone, a K-pop dance cover group. They did a cover of this song. And watching them dance the song, it, it created a newfound appreciation for me for both the dance and the song. To the process of watching Astro performing that song, I realized this is probably the best choreography I've seen all year for K-pop dance cover groups. They're smooth, uh, fluid, dynamic, and really sharp altogether. And it was a very difficult dance, but watching that over and over made me really like the song. So give it a listen. It's Astro's again. <laughs> So how about you, Stephanie? What's your hit replay this week? So my hit replay is from the cutest duo 
in Korea, Akdong musician, Akmu, and their new song, Dinosaur, is just so catchy and so good uh, that I have it on repeat all the time. So, like, we can always expect for them to combine really strong vocals with really thoughtful, intelligent video concepts that really reflect uh, things that we go through in everyday life. I mean, I, I really encourage you to check out the video and uh, see how cool it is. Um, for this song, they chose an EDM beat, which is unusual for them, but as they do everything, they completely killed it. So um, that's my hit replay, Dinosaur. It has dinosaurs. Like, what more reason do you <laughs> Come need? Come on. Whenever I Seriously. play this song for people, the first thing everybody says is, did they just say dinosaur? And then they laugh. And I'm like, you're missing the greatness that is this song. <laughs> right. Uh, story of every K-pop intro gone wrong. I know. I know. It's like K-pop <laughs> fandom problems. Yeah. So I'm like half happy they said dinosaur because it's like cool and different. But then I realized as I showed it to people that what it is is so different that... People that don't get K-pop don't get it. Yeah. So that made me sad because I love this song too. I actually, I realized the other day, what's her name in the, in Akmoon? Uh, so Hyun. So Hyun. <laughs> so Oh yeah, that's her name. Okay. What's his name is going to go off to the military. And so we're going to eventually be getting, you know, hopefully, this is my hope anyway, some single or solo stuff from her. I love her voice. I cannot wait for that. I mean, I'll miss what's Dang. his bucket, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to hear, to hear yeah, more of her good. voice by itself, I think would be a very good thing. Her voice really carries the group. Absolutely mm-hmm. agree, Rodri. I mean, I also say what's his face, but like, I mean, I'm sure he contributes <laughs> plenty in terms oh, of the composition. They the don't have stage names. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> right, but Dang, no love for Chunghyuk, the brother of I the group. I love you, Chunghyuk. <laughs> but yeah, she definitely carries it. All right. So without further ado, let's dive right into our Daebak or Not sequence for JJ Project Tomorrow Today. <laughs> Let's kick it off with Matt doing his thing, telling us what happens in the video. Well, we've got, of course, JJ themselves, which is Jin Young and J-Bum, or JB. Well, yeah, I got sevens out there. We see them working on puzzles together. We see them reading books. We see them traveling roads, so kind of like a family home video. But then at the end, we're left with some questions because it seems like these two closer than brothers friends are separating. And like, what? What happened? Yeah. So they go through this path together, right? They're they're on this road, this journey together. And at the end of the music video, they separate. 
The visuals mm-hmm. were very interesting. I mean, right off, we all look at it, and Matt, you mentioned it. It's like a family home video because of the resolution and the blurriness. It's like a 90s video, right, in terms of mm-hmm. you know how sharp it is. And also the aspect ratio or resolution. It's more that square rather than that rectangle. And <laughs> I don't know if they were trying to say something with that throwback look or feel. But I mean, what else could they be saying with that? I mean, I don't think it goes too deep. <laughs> I think they're just trying to get us into the mindset of uh, nostalgia and looking back on the past and on decisions that we've made in our own lives. I think that's that's all it is. But it's it's a yeah. creative way to do it. Yeah. I I'm mean, Stephanie, as you know, like I don't think it's that deep. And maybe that's my problem in this music video. I kept trying to go deeper. And I after trying to go deeper each time, I'm like, you know what? Maybe there really isn't anything here. Maybe it's just trying to show that it's just general feeling that they're alluding to in the lyrics and what they're trying to show in the basic imagery, which is, you know, you're not certain what's going to come next from the decisions that you make today. If I'm interpreting what you're saying right, there's all these like fan theories about like Jin Young and being part of the Flight Log trilogy and all this. Right. So you're saying it's just that one message of like hey, this is life is hard, decisions are hard, and I don't know where I'm going to be tomorrow. I think so. I mean, as... Because I'm with you. I'm totally with you on that. Because I, I think this video is about that, and I, I love the video, and I love the song, and I love the whole like concept, because, I mean, I, I feel that. I'm, I'm very young, and you know I'm going through life, and I don't know where I'm going to be. So, I mean, I love this, but I don't think it goes a whole lot deeper than that either. Yeah, yeah. But hey, maybe I'll be convinced otherwise. I know we've got lots to yeah, say. Yeah, I, you know, and I'm just going to leave this to, like, our listeners. Like, if you guys have seen something, like, let us know. You know how to get in touch with us. But, like, the more that we look into it, it just looks like it's trying to be sentimental and emotional rather than having a deeper metaphor or message um, shown from the... Their choreography is really interesting, how they do mirror each other quite literally in the choreo. But I don't know if they're actually trying to say something from it. Then what can it already be picked up from the lyrics itself. We also noticed that through the entire music video, the two members are looking at books. So Jin Young has the Catcher in the Rye novel, whereas um, J-Bum has uh, Veronica Decides to Die. Two different stories, but both confronting the similar concept of, well, how do you confront adulthood? How do you come of age? How do you lose your innocence? And how do you carve your own path? And the two novels do it in different ways, and they come from slightly different sub-themes. Something I, interesting I noticed from the, both novels is that they both have kind of a controversial ending in that uh, people can't decide whether there was a character arc or whether the characters didn't actually change. Because in the end, Veronica basically decides to commit suicide and fails, but ends up at a mental institution. And so the, the story kind of confronts what is madness and what is like when you're crazy. Yeah. We don't know if Veronica tried to commit suicide because she's crazy or because she was sane. And so in the end, when she decides that she wants to live, we don't know if that's because she's crazy or because she's insane still. And so we still don't know. And in the end of, the, of Catcher in the Rye, the main character, um, it's argue, argued that uh, he actually is the same person he was at the very beginning, even after all this bad <gasps> stuff happening to him. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize if you're into great works of literature and really wanted to read those books. Oh. Uh, 
but yeah, it's kind of interesting that uh, kind of the end of the music video, they go separate directions and we don't know which one was the right way, quote unquote. Yep. And uh, neither did the characters in those books. Yeah. It's mm. also worth noting that Jin Young is the one who looks back, right? And I think this caused many yep. like Sasang fans to like sort of tear up like, oh my God, like what does that mean? But <laughs> it, it's only him. Whereas J-Mom seemed pretty resolute, right? In that it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to choose this path. Whereas Jin Young maybe has a fleeting second guess. Yeah. Here come the fan theories. <laughs> They're already here. <laughs> I really did try to dig deep into this and resolutely say one way or the other. I looked into all the other symbols like, oh. You made a valiant effort, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> I but I was starting to feel like I was crossing into the threshold of being like, okay, this is overlooking at it. I mean, you look at the TV and it's like, why is the TV in this scene? Why is the TV blurry here? Why do they trade books? And I, I ultimately decided it's like, okay, you know what? No, th- there's nothing there. The TV is just there because it's blurry, because it's broken. That's it. But Peter, why did they trade books? Well, the the prevailing fan theory is just that they were looking to see different perspectives, and like maybe it depends on whether or not you subscribe to them being alive and dead, or them being the same person, or like the same person looking at different paths. Well, I think to there's take no the conspiracy way. theory to the next level, uh, J-Bum is the one with the, the suicide book or the deciding to live book. And he kind of nudges Jin Young like, hey, consider this. Consider <laughs> living. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of ties into what, what he did in the Flight Log trilogy, right? Maybe I'm misremembering the the story but didn't he try to commit suicide and then it didn't work and then well this is only if you subscribe to the our I analysis totally subscribe of, wholeheartedly to uh, your theory okay and, Peter, and Stephanie's referring to a throwback episode where we <laughs> went way too deep and way too long where we analyzed the it, got seven flight like trilogy but um in that i think we actually said it was jin young who was the oh. one who was like the last surviving member of the got seven group oh, and he was well you know, deciding what he wanted yeah. to do. I don't know. Maybe, so maybe, okay, maybe you're right, Stephanie. Like, maybe in this case, and this is why a lot of fans <laughs> are saying, like, okay, it seems just the continuation so, of the like, Got7. It seems so exaggerated that they made us watch that, that he is like, hey, dude, read this book instead. Why did they switch? <laughs> yeah. There's got to be some reason there. Good. For those who <laughs> do subscribe to the theory of this being connected to the Flight Log trilogy, which I could see, uh, there are some connections to be made there because I'm remembering that in the Never Ever MV, we can kind of deduce that j was the one who crashed the car off the bridge that Jin Young had to be rescued from. Uh, yeah, that's right. And if you go back one music video further uh, to Hard Carry, Jin Young is seen uh, with all like the white backgrounds with the birdcage and like the trees are alive, whereas JB is the one represented by all the, or surrounded by all the dead trees. So uh, it's kind of like, again, <gasps> JB being death and Jin Young being life. I'm getting chills, you guys. <laughs> it's totally real. Oh, no. It's true. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Matt, I, I cannot believe you have all of this in your head all the time. Well, part of it is me being an I Got 7, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's your duty to remember everything. For the fandoms that I am a part of, I am a fan. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. All these different like fan theories that we're hearing around this single are all plausible, honestly. But uh, overall, the main theme is coming of age and loss of innocence. And confronting mm-hmm. difficult decisions, right? It's adulting 101. Agreed. And it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do after high school graduation? 
I think that's really what this song was for. Did they just graduate high school, by the way? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, these guys are always so young. They're a little older than that, right? Yeah. Right? I mean, I would assume so. But you never know with K-pop stars, what kind of time do they have to go to high school anyway? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. true. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. That's the main message. And I think it seems to be working for the fan reaction because this is what fans themselves are probably going through right now. This is probably why they released the song this summer. It's that drift right before you go mm. into adulting or college that you're trying to figure so out true. what you do. Mm. I think thematically, work, working adults have forgotten what, what summer symbolizes. Yeah, adults like, forgot. We don't. It's summer, and we don't have that moment of thinking, "Huh, what should we do this? What should we do next year?" No, yeah. we just still we're still working. <laughs> yeah, where should I go to college? Yeah, college. Which college should I go to? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. So I think it, it goes in line with um, when we reviewed uh, Red Velvet's uh, Red Flavor. I mean, it's a very similar theme presented in a more emotional, heartfelt way. True, true. And I, I just want to like to maybe finish off the um, the concept piece. I took a look at the comments as uh, so. This is a really popular video, and it's uh, has it hit two million yet? Um, yeah, it's over it's, two million. Yeah, yeah, it's over two million. And so I totally expected to see uh, comments about let's get it to three million. Here's where they are in the ranking. Numbers, numbers, oh, yeah. numbers, metrics. But no, actually, the comments were these really tender, poignant uh, reflections on what each individual person is going through and how they're relating to the song. And I just thought that was really uh, cute and shows that the the music video touched the fans on this this other level. That's cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the comments actually on that point, Stephanie, one of the commenters was a woman who was in the stage of finalizing her thesis. So I think she's completed her master's or her PhD or something. And she was looking where to move next with her husband and suddenly discovering that she's pregnant. And this was that song for her that she wrote in the comments. That's this feeling of um, uncertainty and figuring out life's next steps. So, I mean, clearly this the song and this theme related to a lot of different people in different ways. And, it's not providing any sort of clear instruction in terms of what this symbolizes or what this means. It's just, I think, more focusing on that feeling that you get, trying to figure out what's next. The music video didn't show any of the dancing, and, and it really didn't need to because it was trying to really focus on just that feeling and the way that the two characters were sort of conflicted in terms of which path they take. When you see the live performances, it was very provocative um again jin young and jaybum wearing their white and their black and them very directly mirroring each other or shadowing each other one piece of the choreography that stood out to me in addition to all the mirroring and touching and skin touching that they had fan service yeah fan service service there (laughs) was where they actually walk backwards yeah and that's a very unusual dance move that you would have in pop music why were they walking backwards i think it was clearly trying to say something and maybe it's trying to like retrace your steps trying to think back into something or to recall something i don't know and that i mean probably it, it probably represents wishing that you could turn back time and go down the other path in the fork in the road i remembered that specific move more than any other 
Well, they do talk about turning back time in the lyrics, so that definitely makes sense. Well, it's funny because first I checked out the live performance that you linked to our chat, Peter, and yeah, I mean, it definitely is provocative. It gets you thinking because you're watching these guys, and not just uh, Jing Young and JB, but also uh, with the backup dancers, too. Like, they played an important part. There's one part where uh, Jing Young and JB are, like, kind of far away from their chairs, and they're trying to, like, walk back to their chairs, but also at the same time, it's kind of like they're walking towards each other. But they have to dodge the back of dancers left and right. I felt like that kind of was like representative of like this struggle of trying to get back to what you once had and what you want, like what you want to have again. There's like another part where uh, there's like the wall of back of dancers that's separating mm -hmm. them. And then I think it's Jin Young who's like, he's almost kind of like punching at the wall being like uh, trying to break it down because like, give me back my friend, stuff like that. I don't know if I'm like overthinking it, but I just thought like just those simple pictures, it gets you thinking because every person's going to interpret it differently. But like, like I said, the whole idea with dance is that you express certain feelings and emotions and you want to evoke something from your audience. And that's what these guys are evoking from me as a fellow dancer watching this. And I just thought it was really well done. And, uh, I don't know if it necessarily speaks to anything as far as the theory behind the song itself, but, uh, I looked into it after watching the live performance, and I guess that same channel today they uploaded the dance practice version of this song where they're in the studio. Ooh. And uh, just a side note, in that video, Jin Young and JB are both dressed the exact same. They're both wearing no! white, uh, denim jeans. Yeah, I, I didn't mention that, but I did see that video. <laughs> true. So I don't know if they're just toying with us and being like, you think you got the theory? Ha! Well, we're spinning it on you guys. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the, the choreography itself, it's definitely a, I, I like what they did with it because the pictures and the story that they tell through the dancing, like I definitely felt it. I don't know if it's just because I'm also a dancer, but I feel like they did a really good job with the storytelling within the choreography for this song. I, I think it's interesting, like it, we see this in the music video, they come together at the very beginning and in the dance choreography that we've seen, they're always like sitting back to back and then they sort of start touching each other. I don't know if that's. <laughs> I don't know if that's oh, trying sorry. to say that they're um, either coming together or that they originally were together, and then they're coming together, fall on this road together, and then they separate. I'm going to take the stance that there is no one definitive meaning, or rather, there is no one definitive interpretation, but there is a very clear expression and relatable emotion that we're all supposed to relate to and i think that's definitely carrying through yeah i agree yeah i think where the the choreo and, and the video in general really shines is in the storytelling and the pictures so what peter and matt what you both mentioned in terms of um them painting pictures that kind of live on in our mind after we a long time after we've watched the videos and the performances that's that's really the the special unique piece for this this whole experience uh, you know in, in today's k-pop world where there's a lot of technical tricks and big group synchronization and uh, all of that this was a really stripped down lyrical storytelling uh piece and i'm gonna remember it mm -hmm. so that's special and I, i'm just curious stephanie what what is the story that they're storytelling to you I think it's the same as what you said, that someone uh, thinks they've got it all figured out, but then they're hit with a tough decision, and they have to weigh both of the options. They probably have a lot of uh, negative, sabotaging voices <laughs> um, bouncing them around between the two paths, and 
ultimately they choose one, but they kind of regret afterwards. So we, we see that very clear storyline in the choreo and in the in the video. If I may just say too, like one thing I think for me, like another part of it that are uh, part of the story that I uh, divulge from watching this and listening or more like examining and looking into the lyrics. Uh, early on in the song, there's one part where I believe it's Jin Young where he says, or the line is something along the lines of, why do I have to think about tomorrow today? Or why do I have to choose tomorrow today? And it kind of like, it stuck with me because it hit, it hits on this uh, idea or concept of like, you know that tomorrow is coming, but sometimes you just want to forget about tomorrow and enjoy the right now. Like enjoy mm. the good times right now. Yeah. YOLO. <laughs> Without FOMO. Which is why you have Jin Yen looking back. <laughs> Yellow, right. no FOMO. Mm. Speaking of decisions and all of this, there's there's some stuff in the music that I noticed that propel that narrative forward as well as answer some of the questions that they're asking mm-hmm. and also ask some questions that you thought you might have been getting answers to. Oh boy. I'm just going to take you through the verses chord progression. D flat major is the first chord. Then you've got an F. That's beautiful. Then you've got this uh, this B flat minor, which is you know not too bad, and then you've got this A flat chord, which is beautiful because it's kind of descending gradually. Then then you get down to G flat. That's where things get a little dissonant. That's where things sort of start to get uncomfortable musically, and then you move back to D flat for the last two. So if you were counting this in eight, it would be one chord that is good and friendly and happy, two chords that are good, friendly, and happy, good, friendly, happy for three, good, friendly, happy for four. Five and six are where you sort of start to depart from, you know, what your brain kind of would expect. Um, And it still sounds nice, obviously. This whole chord progression is so genius. I love playing it. But uh, it still sounds nice, but it's got tension. And that tension is where the decision-making process gets Mm. uncomfortable, I think. Yeah. But then, here's what surprised me, is that it comes back to D-flat right then for the last two. So you've got five and six are uncomfortable, but seven and eight are comfortable. And so I was like, if if this is a song where you're constantly asking questions and constantly feeling fear of the future, why is your future always nice and exactly the way you want it to be. If I had to interpret it, I might just say it's accepting not knowing. Well, uh, let me let me go further. Okay. Let me take you further down this rabbit hole that my mind yeah. traveled down today. Alrighty. <laughs> Let's go. So the way music works, we it, it's kind of in uh, counts of four. So groups of four over and over again. In uh, in this group of four, there's a downbeat and then there's, there's two downbeats, one on one and one on three. So you got one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. And two and four are kind of where you're coming up and about to go back down, about to hear that kick, that kick drum. And then you'll hear the snare on the uh, upbeat. On the upbeat is where all of the music video scene changes happen. I thought that was kind of weird, kind of an interesting decision. Almost exactly uh, for the first like five to nine scenes i didn't count these all correctly but they're really long for a music Mm -hmm. video and like a dance music video you're getting camera here camera there camera here down below camera here up above different scenes of like you know the got seven trilogy now here's this guy in the car now here's this guy with his bird cages and you've got like tons and tons of scenes tons to keep track of and this one it's just like landscape car rides (laughs) long lying in the sun 
there's not a lot of camera changes, but they do almost always happen on the upbeat and never happen on the downbeat except for in four spots. The beginning of both choruses and it at the very end when they get out of the car and they're about to part ways on the two roads, right there and during the bridge. And the bridge is kind of a moment of discomfort for uh, a song. It's kind of a moment where you take, you're kind of pulled away from the song a little bit before you get right back into it. And so beginning of the chorus, beginning of the bridge, the middle of the bridge, and then at the very end when they're about to part ways on the street, these are moments of decision. So the beginning of the most comfortable parts of the song where you're getting a downbeat scene change, where you're getting a D flat chord, where everything is fine, that's when you have to start making your decision. And so then when you've made your decision, you go back to D flat. You've gone through the discomfort. So this song is kind of in itself a story about JJ Project continually making decisions throughout their lives. However, we end on a decision, both with the crossroads crossing thing and I told you about groups of four. There's also groups of 16. It's kind of a, a whole round. That's like a verse would be 16 beats. And a group of four would just be like your basic measure is what they're called or a bar. Uh, the l- very last part of the music video. I promise I'm almost done with this jargon. Yeah, bring us The home. very last part of the music video ends not on the 16th beat. It ends on the 12th beat. So we're missing what? four beats. We're missing God. the D flat part of our group of eight. We're missing our no. home base. So we end on a question. They cross, they part ways at the crossroads, and one of them looks back, they're unsure, and neither is the music sure. Ah. So that, we've gone through groups of questions, and the last part is a question that they never answer for us. There you go. Wow. Damn. Brilliant exposition. <laughs> so this song was composed by Mayu Wakisaska and Collapstone. I don't know anything about them other than they also made other songs for the label mates uh, Day 6. But uh, I'm sure all of that, as Roger described, was very deliberate. And they would have had to work with the production team for the music video stuff I mentioned, too. So I'm like doubly impressed. Not only is the music good and it asks questions in and of itself, but the music video is full of questions and answers and then a question at the end. So really cool. Yeah. And I think JYP, you know, has the label has shown that they're willing to put in that level of effort and detail into their music videos. So I'm sure that was all coordinated and very intentional. When it comes to the audio guys, like what to me really came together is that it flows completely. And yeah, we get that dissonance that, that Rodri is referring to, maybe not 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 uh, auditory dissonance, but that that tension that mm-hmm. um, that you have when you're not sure in, in that section that uh, Rodri refers to. But it doesn't feel like it's interrupted, or there's no jarring transition. It all feels like it builds on itself. And yeah. for me personally, I love the bridge. I agree. We're hearing so many K-pop songs that almost completely change genres or change songs like between the verse and the chorus and the bridge that yeah. this is just a, an, an easy listen. It's pleasant. Your brain doesn't have to work. <laughs> listening yeah. To yeah, it is a nice song. Yeah. I think for me, one of the most refreshing parts of the song, like in terms of just the audio itself, is like 
for some reason, I just found myself really being amazed by uh, Jin Young and JB's vocals, and I found myself wondering, it's like, how come I don't hear much of this anymore when it comes to like the full GOT7 group and, the, and the, yeah, their yeah. songs? Because I, I think one of the things I love about this being like the JJ project and just these two is that it gives both of them a chance to really shine more, as opposed to them being with the rest of GOT7. Not to say that GOT7 as a group isn't dope, I mean, of course, I love them, but I'm really glad that this time around I got to, like, if it makes sense, I got to actually hear Jin Young and JB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's often the conflict that a lot of these, like, pop groups face, right? It's usually a zero-sum game mm-hmm. in terms of, like, who gets line distribution, right? And then you need to compose it such that you play to each member's strengths, right? It's like, okay, well, he yeah. can only sing in this range and she can only sing in this range, so therefore you're going to give lines as such. Mm-hmm. But the harmonizing between these two guys, I also really liked. And it made me think that yeah. this would be a really good acapella. Like, if someone wanted to do, like, a K-pop acapella, like, you can imagine, mm-hmm. I can imagine a lot of different guys filling the different, you know, parts of the song and singing it really well. Yeah, that'd be cool. You should do it, Rodri. We'll turn to you. You should just, you should <laughs> yeah. just sing it yourself. Take it away. Do my own, do right my own acapella. Maybe next time. Next time we have you on. That's the homework assignment. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring back an acapella <laughs> version of whatever song you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, final score on the concept. I was surprised to find myself wanting to give this concept the score. Uh, well, I ended up giving it a four. And the reason why is because I was like, uh, the fir- upon the first watch, um, I was like, Oh, it's in like another home video. It's it's nice. It's cool. But then the more we dove into it, especially after we agreed that we were going to do this, and now especially after all this exposition and all of us talking about everything and what we were able to break down, I'm just like, dang, this one actually it it resonates with me because this whole idea of you know like being not sure of what the future holds, but like having to believe in your in your decisions, whether or not you're fully sure it's the right one. But also this whole idea of, like I said earlier, uh, how I interpreted watching the choreo of like this feeling of separation from someone who means more than family to you, it hit home for me. And because of that, and because of the connection I feel to it with what these two did, uh, yeah, I gave it a four. Ooh, nice. How about Elo? I guess I'd give it a 3.8. It's up there. It's pretty good. The strength of this concept is that it's so relatable to different people in different ways. I think we're each taking a different part of this. Sure, maybe it's that overarching theme of that uncertainty and trying to replay, but it relates to us in very personalized ways. So I thought they delivered on that. Although these guys are perpetually stoic in the music video. (laughs) It's just a little boring to look at, I think, as a concept. And... It, it does its job. It, I think it, it, it delivers its message well enough, but um, I think artistically they could have gone a little further. Mm. Okay. I, th- I think I'm right in the same boat, Peter. I'm going to give it a 3.8 as well. Um, I just think the, the visuals are beautiful to look at. The lush greenery, the, the boys are looking good. I mean, <laughs> y'all didn't comment on that, but how they're styled and everything. Oh, yes. It was just a pleasant experience to to watch and see the story unfold. So 3.8 on the concept. Yeah. How about our special guest, last but not least? I'm going to give it a four. Um, I really liked the story. I really liked the concept as a whole. The video, I agree, was the weakest point. 
but there was i can't remember which scene this was happening um i just remember his face i was just looking at jin young's beautiful face and i was thinking <laughs> yes this guy could look good anyhow anyway <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And they chose to dress him down. You know, he's got his hair like almost bowl cut, like as close to bowl cut as a K-pop idol will ever get. There's no like part in his hair. There's nothing like fancy going yeah. on at all. This is just him wandering around in the woods, pondering upon life, reading Catcher in the Rye. And I was just thinking, this is so like what I want to see more often from K-pop. So I give it a four because it's not perfect, but it is pretty close. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I, I totally agree, Rodri. Like, this is a story and a theme that I think we need more of in K pop, especially for all these kids who are in between school, <laughs> school and college, and, uh, and maybe college in real kids life. Kids need more of this learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Reading Catch in the Rye. Oh, man. What a cliche. <laughs> I mean, not, not that that's a bad thing, but I, I just think it's just funny when we refer to the youth. Young and season. <laughs> <The youth. laughs> yeah. Well, one last note on the on the style. Um, when I saw this video, it reminded me immediately of the Reply K drama series. I don't know if you watch K drama at all, but Reply nineteen ninety four, even ninety seven, had that same feel, and the and the fashion was the same, particularly in ninety four. So, for those fans out there, there's a connection. Okay, the audio guys. Uh, Stephanie, I'll punch it your way first. Um, audio for me was, like I said, uh, pleasant, easy listening. I'm going to give it 3.5. I'll keep it in rotation for a bit, but it's not my usual bass, dirty traps. <laughs> so, um, I'll probably have it in there for, for just a little bit, but I like it enough. 3.5. What to you would be the perfect... This is a tangent. I apologize. No, go for it. Real quick. I'm just curious. What to you would be the perfect K-pop song? Or like one of them? Like something that you are lis- that you listened to recently that was definitely a five audio. A five? I've never rated anything a five. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have either. That's just not something we do here. <laughs> uh, okay. So forgive me. It's a mythical... It's Treading a mythical on new concept. ground. I don't know. Like, well, one of my favorite K-pop songs is "To Anyone, I Am the Best," or "Okay, uh, Come Back Home." Question. Like, those two are really up there for me, and I would enjoy them years from now. Rodri, I think you already know my favorite. I think maybe it's a favorite shirt among a few of us, but it, it's BTS's "Spring Day," right? And oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. You seemed yeah. a little hesitant, if I remember correctly, to like. Grant it your love. Oh, I was hesitant because it wasn't a dirty electro ratchet beat, but because <laughs> I don't like non ballads generally. It's not it's like you know when you go like into like you know Spotify or iTunes or um, or Google Access or Google Music, and you like what genre do you want to play? It's like I go for dirty electric like ratchet beat first, yep. rather than like I want to listen to ballads today. Not at all. Like if it weren't for this show, I wouldn't like give this song a second look. But that said, (laughs) I looked at this today and, you know, I as we were I was driving through rush hour traffic to record the show with you guys today. I was listening to it on repeat and I was thinking, this is my BTS spring day. This is a really great song. And I don't like this as a genre, but it it spoke to me, um, especially as a song lyrically. I think they 
they made it so relatable and you hear that in the music and as Roger technically broke it out I mean they composed it that way by design yeah so it's right up there I think Mm. where it just falls short is that it doesn't complete it doesn't bring that eloquence that spring day had in terms of the sophistication of the message but that's what at the same time that's what makes it so relatable to everyone no matter where you come from but for me personally i have to ding it for that and as a song i'm gonna give it a (laughs) 4.2 so it's pretty good 4.2 yeah ding it (laughs) yeah Yeah. but it's great like i i listen to it all the way through like it is one that commands my attention from beginning to end it continues to go and i really the bridge of the song actually really stood out to me just the way they transition and it it sort of it's that moment where you're making a decision. It's the right where you're about to make a decision that I that I feel like I'm, I'm in that moment in the bridge of the song. But the verses are great. The chorus is great. The pre-chorus is great. I mean, every part of the song is great to me. So that's yeah. why I, I rate it so highly. I will pass it your way next, Roger. How did you rate this song? Probably, uh, I, I, I never feel the same way about a song a week from when it's released. And it hasn't been that long yet. But for now, I want to say four is probably where I'll end up because I love it. I, I'm like you. I'm listening to it the whole way through. I will start the album from there. I just love this song. But I also, I don't know if there's enough to keep me attached to it for much longer. So I guess we'll see because it, it, it just doesn't match necessarily what I usually like. I, I tend to prefer like solo male singers, which I guess this is that. I mean, they're you know, not very many artists participating in this song. But uh, I think four. Four is, you know, pretty high praise anyway. Yeah. So I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with that. Uh, you know, what's funny is that uh, I also am right there at a four as well. But the funny thing is after going through all this, again, as we broke down the song, and especially after hearing Rodri's, again, brilliant exposition of breaking down the music behind it. And I'm thinking back on it now with everything that you said. And I'm imagining the song again, and while at the same time also picturing the choreography and seeing JJ Project perform it. And I realized that watching them do the dance, uh, they hit certain parts of the music that I didn't notice upon the first listen. So that definitely raised the score for me, as well as just, again, Jin Young and JB's vocals. So it's definitely right there a solid four. I'm, I'm definitely sure that it's not going to drop anytime, but I feel like this might possibly go higher in the long run for me. Yeah, that's how I feel too, yeah. yeah. But for now, as, as of recording this episode, a solid four from Supermatic. <laughs> wow, I can't believe I rated it the highest out of all you guys, really. Like, I don't, I don't like this yeah. genre. How, how <laughs> I can't come believe I rated it so highly? <laughs> Whatever, you guys. Okay. Um, okay, lastly, overall, how do we feel about the song? Is this song... Roger, you want to join us this time? Oh, do I want to join <laughs> Yes. I have been waiting the whole episode for this. Okay, okay. Okay, okay. So, so is JJ Projects Tomorrow Today Daybok or not? Yeah. It's Daybuck. For all the reasons that we've mentioned. It's relatable, mm-hmm. it's emotional, and it doesn't need to have a absolutely defined message or symbol. It achieves its purpose <laughs> in a way that relates. Yeah, I agree. Totally Daybuck. I like the song. Video is gorgeous. The boys are gorgeous. And I like the choreo as well. I it stuck out to me. So 
Daybok, all the way. <laughs> Daybok is the correct answer. <laughs> and it is my answer. <laughs> yeah, it's Daybok for me, too. I mean, I think we're all unanimous. <laughs> sound so hesitant. What's that? You sound so defeated, Matt. It's like, I oh. guess I have to give it Daybok. Like, I guess you give it all fours. If I have to. No, it's just, it's funny because, like, usually one of the things I love about whenever we do this show is that I kind of look forward to maybe at least one of us being that person who's on the <laughs> other side of the fence. Like, can I maybe I'll take one for the team bad. and change it's my answer? That, uh, for all of us to be united once in a while. So, I'm actually, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that we're all in the same boat here and that we all gave this a yeah. day back. Well, because it's just got that... Keep hitting my plate. Um, because it's got <laughs> that critical reception, right? We've all... Yeah critically gone into this like okay we're at what are its strengths and weaknesses and we did we've all <laughs> universally decided on a whole despite everything it's a great song so mm-hmm. i mean that's real props to the strength of jj project in this title track Woo! Okay, well that's it for this episode of the K-Pop Cast. Um, we had some listener feedback from this last episode. As you heard, we also grabbed Jenny. Um, but uh, Ricky Woodson, who loves to blow up on our SoundCloud, left a whole bunch of comments on um, on card. So Ricky Woodson, we love all your comments. Um, don't have time to address each of them, and we love how you kind of play along and answering your own answers for each of these. If you guys want to leave your own comments, be sure to hit up our SoundCloud, just like Ricky Woodson has. But one comment that I want to call out by him is that uh, he hasn't listened to the song enough to say if he really loves Card's Ola Ola, but he will say that Jsef really stood out for him. Even though he only has eyes for BM, so he generally ignores the others. <laughs> But in this case, both JSF and BM really stood out with cards Ola Ola. On our Facebook, Taylor Lamb also commented, Just listen to the podcast and I definitely agree with most of the points of Card having too many Tropical House sounding songs. Honestly, I definitely think their two songs that aren't singles on Ola Ola's mini album are probably their strongest songs. But it does seem like they are getting pushed into a more EDM heavy K-pop style. Ola Ola is a fun song. I just wasn't that impressed. And I think we all probably agree with what Taylor is saying um, mm, regarding yeah. Ola Ola's song. Uh, my favorite song off of Card's last mini album was their um, their last song, Living Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys know where to get in touch with us. Uh, we listed a few of the different ways our listeners have gotten in touch with us You know, on our Facebook, um, on our SoundCloud. I think maybe the best way... Keep, feedback short <laughs> is on Twitter <laughs> and uh, I'm at DJ Peter Lowe Rodri where can people find you my it's just my name twice at Rodri Rodri or um, well I guess I haven't really posted anything on the K-pop show page in a while on Facebook but uh, eventually that will begin again so you can like us there if you, if you feel so inclined 
in the meantime, I, I give my full endorsement to the K-pop cast, the great podcast. Hey. <laughs> and uh, where can people find you online, Stephanie? They can find me on Twitter at sparker2. You can find me on Twitter at supermatic, S-O-U-P-E-R-M-A-T-I-C. Feel free to hit me and all of us up. And don't forget, you can also reach us at the K-pop cast on Twitter. Okay. Yep. So rate, review, subscribe, all those things. Tell your friends. <laughs> Tell your friends to to listen to K-pop as a podcast. You can listen to it on the go. <laughs> For so, sure. I listen to it while I do my dishes or while I'm driving. So <laughs> pro tips. <laughs> pro tips. <laughs> pro tips from a real podcast listener. Yeah. <laughs> also great. Yeah. Folding laundry. Winner. Yeah. Oh, that's another good one. Look forward to uh, us reviewing next episode. Yeah, what's on tap? Girls' Generation's 10th anniversary comeback. Oh, snap. Oh, of course. <laughs> <sighs> They're doing a double release holiday <laughs> night and uh, all night. Oh, or- uh, yes, holiday night. Excited, Peter? I am so looking forward to uh, reviewing Girls' Generation. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you not like Girls' Generation? I, I don't know. It's just, this doesn't feel like a real solid single from GG, you know? Like, I, it's not GG. as, it's not the same production value that we've been getting from the, all their different solo acts lately. So mm-hmm. I think each individually they've been doing great work, but we haven't seen something great from the group as a whole since um, Lionheart or Party, or You mm. Think. Or that that era, that phase of promotions. My uh, girls' generation love uh, begins and probably ends also, unfortunately, with "Run Devil Run." That was a great song, and they haven't had a whole lot of great songs since. I think I'm kind of in, in your boat. I honestly thought that they disbanded already. Like after the the Jessica thing, I was like, all right, they're done. And so I kind of killed them off in my mind already. I've, I've been the same. <laughs> They are I've been saying nice for the years block from the you know yeah. 08, 09 wave. I mean, it's them and brown eyed girls who who need to get on with their lives. Brown eyed girls. Yeah, and uh, don't sorry, this is gonna be like misinterpreted. Like I love these groups, but it's like this is the end of this era. Mm. Yeah, coming up on ten years. Wow. Okay. Well, stay tuned then. Right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> yep. See you later. Thank you. Yeah, let's end this episode before people don't want to listen. I want people to hear my voice, so we have to make it as short as possible.